There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. G'day, guys and girls. Welcome to the SC Playbook Question and Answer Podcast, head of Supercoach BBL Round 2. Tim Williams on deck to take questions from the SC Playbook subscriber community going out to everyone to have a bit of a listen to uh, the beauty of this podcast as well as we released the the SC Playbook podcast for round two a couple of days ago. It allows the opportunity to update uh, my trade plan skippers if any team users changed in the BBL. Uh, plenty to discuss and get through the question. First one off the bat before we get into the questions. Uh, guys, if you're looking for a Chrissy present for someone leading into the, uh, the big day, December 25th, there is a Matty Ryan Socceroos captain signed jersey and framed from the Socceroos clash with Mexico early this year. It's an absolute belter. Uh, Matty's been kind enough to donate it to SC Playbook, and we are auctioning that off online with all the proceeds going to junior sport, the junior cricket and footy clubs on the Monero back home. So. If you're interested in checking that out, it is in the SC Playbook uh, Instagram stories. It's on my personal Twitter, at TimWill94. If you can't find it there or wherever else, just flick us a message and uh, I can send a link through to that to have a look at. Now, let's get stuck into round two. And obviously, the big talking point is the Adelaide Strikers on the double game week. What is their lineup going to run out as? It was such a shame for super coaches that that round one game was washed out because we didn't even get team list for that fixture. So it's made it very tough to work out who we bring in for this double game week. Now, what we've got at the moment at scpaybookdom.com.au via Maxi Bryden, team list for the strikers, Maddie Short, Darcy Short opening, Chris Lynn at three, Adam Jose at four, Thomas Kelly at five, Jamie Overton, the Englishman at six, Ben Menenti, seven. Harry Nielsen, the wicketkeeper, at eight. David Payne, Henry Thornton, and Wes Agar round out the bowling order. This The squad could look completely different uh, come Tuesday night for the first game of round two. James Basley's obviously the big admission there at this stage. Look, he had some injury niggles leading into the tournament. <clears throat> we believe he's fit and good to go. He could slot in there anywhere. They've got these four sort of standout quick bowlers, uh, five, I should say, just about. And, you know, they might opt for all of them in this side because their batting depth is so weak. Uh, will they leave one out? Will they go with all of them? We don't know. Basley and Overton, both capable enough with the bat as well. So they could lay in absolute plum rolls in this side that 
on the eye has quite a weak batting order, particularly the middle order. Uh, the top three, I suppose, aren't too bad, but it is weak. With Rashid Khan gone, not in the tournament, it's also left a big question mark over the spinners. Will they go with frontliners in, in say, Cameron Boyce or Ben Menenti? Will they use the part-times in Maddie Short and Darcy Short more frequently? They've got so many options. Uh, and it is absolutely imperative to Supergrass this season in round two that you're looking at that final strikers team 40 minutes before the game starts at that final team list uh, and you can jig your trades accordingly to how that is named because someone like Basley, who's not in my team at the moment, if he comes in there and you know he's named about at five or six potentially and bowling what should be four overs, it just becomes a great role on the double. So... Keep a big eye out on that. Obviously, to the subscribers out there in the SC Playbook, maybe a WhatsApp chat, uh, we'll be talking about all that final team list as it does drop tomorrow night. Now, let's get stuck into the first question of the episode. First one from Simon Massey. He say, asks, the Thunder have the perfect looping draw leading into their round four double. With Tanvi Sanger already in place, who would you target as a bat- batting loop for the next two rounds? Uh, it's our boy, Ollie Davies. And, and the Thunder really do have a great draw. People are looking at, you know, that extra strikers player to add, uh, extra, say, Renegades player to add for, for their round three double, or you probably wouldn't go too close to the Melbourne Stars the way they're playing for their round three double. But you mentioned the Thunder on the loop. Round two and round three, they play in game one. So it makes their players perfect options for the auto-emergency loophole uh, for those two rounds ahead of their round four double. As you said, Tanvi Sang with a really low break even. He's about neg 35 or neg 30 or so. He looks a great buy even this round. Uh, but if you're looking for the batter, I throw him out as my super pod in the final word article that's just gone live on the website. He looked really good down at Monica Oval against the Heat in a knock where their entire order basically, top, top, top batting order, the middle order, really struggled. Uh, on that deck, and Ollie Davies looked pretty good. He's had a breakout, uh, sort of in a shield ton recently, some decent marsh cut form. So he's in for a big summer, and you, he's not one that you'd want to bring in and start in your team because he does have that batting-only role. He goes very hard early, so it can go wrong quickly, but uh, he's a great exponent of the automotive loophole. I've mentioned this a few times, but the, the loophole, for anyone who doesn't really understand it, I've done an article up on the SC Playbook website. So check that out if you don't uh, quite understand that one. But yeah, I think Ollie Davies is a great one. Tanvir, if you don't own him. Dan Sams could have been, but he only bowled a couple of overs in the Thunder's first game. So I just want to see his role a little bit more over the next week or two leading in round four. So I'd hold off on Dan Sams. Question two from Will Sampson. I've had a very similar start to you, bracket rank 20,000. Thanks for the reminder there, Will. Spoke about that enough on the SC Playbook podcast, but just uh, good remind the people that uh, the Stallions have had a tough start to the season. He goes on to say, two strikers already in the squad is a boost. I also have two leading into this round. Question A, part A, he says, are you panicking from an overall standpoint? Absolutely not. Supercoach BBL is so, so volatile. It can change so quickly, not only due to player performances, but... Not that you rely on things like rain and that, but because rain's happened, we saw an abandoned game in round one after about six overs. The game changes so quickly. 
people who are out there looking at antipody and going against Matt Short because they've had a bad start or, you know, just completely overhauling their squad and, and going for point of difference players, it's just ridiculous. It's a nine-round season, shortened to other years, but just relax. Things will change very, very quickly in this game. Uh, part B, thoughts on James Baisley. I think will remain low ownership. <clears throat> As I mentioned, just a big watch on it, that round one team. I think if he comes in and he's named to bat at six or seven, he is indeed in the squad, then, yeah, he looks a great buy and I can't knock him at all. And one that I'll certainly be looking at for my team. Next question from Nicholas Belirus. Apologies if I've uh, mispronounced the last name, mate. But uh, asking, do you think Cooper Connolly will keep his spot opening the batting this week at the Scorchers? My gut feel says yes. It's one of them ones where it's like head probably says no, heart says yes. So uh, the reason being there that we have Zach Crawley, the star Englishman, come in. Uh, he's available for this round, expected to open the batting for the Scorchers. They have Stephen Escanazzi there as well, who it's likely to go them to Aaron Hardy, Josh Inglis, Ashton Turner. Cooper Connolly probably pots down to sort of number six in the order, maybe. I just think Connolly looks better than uh, Eskenazi, and I think he's got more more upside. We saw him blast 20 off just nine balls uh, in the game in round one up against the Stars. As I said, like, it just depends how that they want to – they look at Connolly as a local boy, full of promise, you know, a big part of their domestic squads. I'd just be investing in him with it, the talent that he's got. So, look, my, my, my gut feel says they might, and I don't know what they'd do with Eskenazi, but, look, time will tell. I'm going yes, but we'll see. Moving on to the next question from Ox. Ox asking, Darcy and Menenti in the team will bring in Matt Short and likely David Payne. To get swept in for the cash, I have to ditch Colin Munro or Hardy. Think Hardy is safer, but Munro in form and low break even, so could make great cash. Who are you ditching out of the two? He says, head says Munro, heart says Hardy. I'd be getting rid of Aaron Hardy. Munro about to make a ton of cash. I agree with you in that Hardy is someone that I'd prefer to be playing in my team, uh, bowling a few overs, batting three for the Scorchers, you know, a ton of runs last tournament. Uh, but it's early in Supercoach. There's money to be made with Colin Munro off two really, really good performances in round one. And the other issue, I mean, there's a million ways you can look at this, but um, we know that Munro has the buy next week, which is fine, provided you don't have too many people on the buy being the, it'll be the strikers and the heat on the round three buy. Uh, it's an opportunity to use loopholes on Munro next week. Uh, but the other thing is with Hardy at that big price tag, the Scorchers have the buy in round four and five. So, look, I see why you'd be tempted by Hardy just on, you know, roll for the team and scoring. Uh, but, look, I'd, I think I'd be taking the, the safe cash with Munro. And, look, if you can do it again, happy days. Next question from Corey. Do you think it's worth boosting this week or hold and just get three Adelaide players as I only have Menenti, or do I go two and get Swepson, as I already have the cash generation of Sanger, Edwards, and Fraser McGurk? I think it's a good week to, to boost. You've got two boosts this season, and I just think with the shorter season, go hard early. Um, look, it may or may not be the best option. I, I, I'm quite you know, comfortable in saying from my own perspective that 
the early boost will be the strong play and, and set yourself up. We don't have a lot of time to make cash, which means you know we don't have as much time to, to focus on getting the guns in later on. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the early boost is a good option. So if you can get your three strikers players, use a boost and get Swepson in as more cash generation, uh, I, I think it's a pretty good play. And, and every team set up will be different, but, yeah, I, I'm a fan of it. Next one from Anthony says, I have Darcy Short and Ben Menente in my team. I'm bringing in Matt Short and David Payne. Thoughts on the last trade? A, bring in the best mid-price striker and who? Uh, look, that'll be very team-dependent. I, I think I'm going to go Henry Thornton. Uh, I just think he's a gun. Really hoping he gets named and plays the two games. Some risk that he only plays one of them. Uh, but, look, I think it's a risk I'm willing to take. Uh, the other bloke we mentioned there, Look, if Thornton doesn't get named and Basley does, then James Basley is probably the option for me. It's a bit of talk around Overton. You know, he's got that all-rounder role. Let's say he bats at six or seven. It'll be a pretty good spot, but uh, his numbers are okay around world cricket. His first time down here, uh, I'm not super convinced by him. Not to say he's a bad buy by any means, but I just like a few more of the proven blokes in the conditions there and focusing on the bowlers because I don't really like the batting lineup for the strikers outside of Matty Short. So uh, all that being said, I think if, you, if you're going to have four strikers already, bringing in someone like Jake Fraser-McGurk or Swepson for that cash gen looks a good play. Fraser-McGurk, there's a little bit of a question mark around where he bats for the gauge because their batting lineup is so stacked. We know Quinton de Kock will come into the lineup and, and open the batting. Was that with that running edge game washed out in game two, we didn't get to see that. And there's also Sean Marsh to potentially come back in far out. They've got a good lineup. I just think the way Fraser McGurk looked in the first game, you can't drop him down too far, can you? I'd be finding a spot for him because he looked exceptional. Question from Aaron. How many heat and strikers plays do you want in your team before trades before trades after this round? Um, okay, that. It doesn't make a lot of sense, mate, but all good. So leading into it, I'd be looking to offload your heat plays if you could because of that round three buy. Uh, there's obviously a few that are making good cash, like Swepson and Munro, who you'd, you'd be looking to hold. You'd certainly be holding Swepson. Strikers players, I think four looks a decent number. It obviously, it all depends on how many you banked in your team uh, for the, in your round one Supercoach squads, but... I think you could get away with five, and that's not too bad. Uh, I think four feels the sweet spot. There's never an exact science to this or a right or wrong answer, but you know you often get, get run on that gut feel and go, I feel like I've got too many or not enough. Uh, I think four feels like a good number there and probably what I'll be aiming for. The other issue is there is a bit of rain predicted in Sydney all week, really, and uh, the game with the Sixers being the last game of Supercoach, I believe it is on Friday. It is on Friday. Uh, there's rain predicted for that one as well. Now, it's sort of like showers every day, potentially a few storms. So the forecast sort of five days out is pretty broad. So there's a concern that that game might be impacted. Look, the rain forecast at this stage doesn't look bad enough and it's still a fair way out that I wouldn't be you know, dropping any real strikers players as a result because – there's every chance they go out there and they get every over of the game and, and as per normal. Uh, but it is something to monitor, especially in terms of potentially over-investing in strikers players. So, yeah, just want one thing to consider there. Question from John O'Cram asking, would you keep Zampa this week or Aaron Hardy? I already have five Renegades players. 
I'd keep Adam Zampa. He sat out the second game for the Renegades, which is awesome for super coaches because that was that shortened fixture and he would have dropped a butt. Well, not necessarily dropped a bunch of cash, but his break-in would have skyrocketed. He had a really good first game for them. The Renegades are on the double in round two. There's a little bit of doubt over Majeeb playing both games of the round three double as well, which only enhances Zampa's uh, prospects of playing both games. So I think with that double in round three and the low break-in for Zamps, that uh, I'd be holding him over Hardy. Next one up from David. Joe Clark v. Sam Billing, sit v. start. I would be starting Joe Clark, absolutely, uh, playing against each other, obviously, this week. But Clark opening the bat for the Renegades. Billings batting at sort of four or five. Uh, I can't get rid of Billings quick enough, to be honest, when as soon as he got dropped sort of down. I think it was low as five in the second game or third game, whatever it was for the Heat there. So, yeah, I think Clarkie is absolutely the safer play there. Let's get on to my trades for the round. And uh, once again, guys, really tough week with the strikers, so they may well drop and change. But I'll drop the absolute final trades in there, the SC Paper subscriber WhatsApp chat tomorrow night, as I'm sure uh, the fellow SC Paper contributors will be doing also. But at this stage, look, I'm really considering uh, boosting early, especially off the back of you know having a tough round one, shortened season, I need to be a little bit aggressive there. By no means panicking, as we mentioned at the top of the, the episode, but I do – I missed out on a couple of key cash-gen players in round one, and that's where I think uh, I need to get on top of this and not risk falling too far behind, not only on points after round one, but that cash-gen is also vital as well. So Matty Short picks himself. I'm looking at getting Henry Thornton in, if named, for game one. I'm looking at probably Jake Fraser McGurk, provided he does keep that spot up the top of the order for the Renegades. It's sort of hopefully number three. And then the boost, if I opt to go with it, and I'm leaning towards yes at this stage, tossing up between Will Sutherland and David Payne. Payne, who, look, he looks a good buy this week. You know, the English, English quick, who he should play probably the safest of those quick bowlers. Um, you know, in terms of playing both games and selection, question marks. Really good strike rate in his career T20s. is about 16.7 or so, so he takes polls pretty regularly. And look, there's a bit of talk about him around being a big hitter late in the innings, and I'll be honest, I haven't seen, you know, we sort of snippet of him in the BBL last year, and I've looked at his career stats, but he averages really, really poorly across his uh, BBL career run-wise, and his strike rate was below 100 he averaged about five and a half. So I'm not, not convinced, statistically speaking, about the big hitting at the end of the order. Nonetheless, he's expected to bowl death, probably with Wes Agar. So he has a good role and looks a good buy. Will Sutherland, we spoke about him at length with uh, Fish on the SC Playbook podcast from a couple of days ago. Jump on and listen to that. That's a much bigger deep dive than this one, obviously. And, yeah, Will Sutherland is the one that you just risk him getting away if you don't get on early. That being said, he's a lot of money. I already own a lot of Renegades, particularly if I go down the Fraser McGurk Avenue. And they've got a very a stellar batting order. So especially Decott coming on board now, Sean Marsh potentially available. How many opportunities will Sutherland get? He doesn't need a lot, obviously. Uh, yeah, tossing up between that two as a fourth if I go with my boost. 
leaving my side, looking to be Michael Nisa, Spencer Johnson, Johnson, Aaron Hardy. Have to work out the fourth one if I decide to boost, but Najib, I just need to get some confirmation on his availability. A tough start, had a stink in his first game, and then the washout in game two just absolutely killed him in his value. Fortunately, he was pretty cheap already and didn't pay up too much for him, but look, if he's available for the round three double game week, I'm happy enough to hold. Uh, but if you get word that he's only available for one of those games, I'll look to flip him as well. In terms of skippers, guys, I would not overthink this too much. I'll be getting Matty Short into my team and giving him the captaincy. You could look to go the vice captaincy option on him. If they name a couple of frontline or one or two frontline spinners, they then decide to bowl Darcy Short ahead of Matty Short as the part-time spinner. Short comes out, gets no runs and, and doesn't bowl. You could potentially look at a, an alternate captain option in someone like Tom Curran, who was outstanding in the opening round. Could have had a couple more wickets there as well. A great role for them batting at six, the sixes. Uh, but it'd have to be a really bad performance from Matty Short in game one to consider doing that. So pretty well lock and load, Matty Short for me. That is just about it for the question and answer podcast for round two of Supercoach BBL. Good luck to everyone and have a great week leading into Christmas. Cheers. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.